Today on Movie Rollers, we talk about Renfield, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, and Chevalier. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly list of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. And you, and you, and you, and you. Thank you, because I just put half a chocolate digestive in my mouth. Yum. And I was trying to suck it down. And you got it done. I got it done. Like, digestives are no match for Rashmi. Correct. <laughs> on a mission. They're good. They're chocolate covered. Yeah, yeah, these they're the are best. Milk chocolate covered. And so crumbly. Yes. Well, I think they're crumbly because they're old. No, no, they're not. Old. They're always like that. Because no. <laughs> no, we could, because we got them from. So we get these are British biscuits cookies. I should call them um, from the imported British shop, and I don't think they're the freshest. No, they're good. Oh, they're, they're in good, date, but oh. they they're not. They're and not. then we have these. What are these little crepe things? Crispy crepes. They're so good. They're like Nutella filled little oh, that, with yes. chocolate with hazelnuts. I didn't see no, that. No, with, uh, with almonds. It. Is it? Oh, al- it's with almonds. It's almonds, yes. Okay, it's behind my laptop. I'm going to stay away from that until recording's over. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll start bouncing off the walls. Yep. All right. Good to see you all again and recording the podcast. Um, I'm not going to apologize for our production schedule, which is very uneven this year, but uh, it is what it is. Yes. We're, we're picking up lots of movies now. We, we've we got three movies to talk about today. We've got another three movies to talk about later, and we'll put that as a separate podcast. So uh, it's picking up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to get the year into gear. So I guess before we jump into our reviews, because I think they're going to be quite short today. Not yeah. all of us were able to make these screenings. Um, we want to do our usual segment of I can't, I can't find, find anything, anything to watch, to watch on, on video, video on demand. demand. And uh, I'll give you a couple of suggestions for stuff to find. So, Yazdi, why don't you go first with a selection? So, I'm going to recommend a movie which is a hidden gem. Uh, when it was released, I think about five years ago, it made my top 10 list, and it's now playing on Netflix. And if you're looking for a sweet, funny, fun movie, look no further than Dope, D-O-P-E. Yes. Which is a lovely, lovely movie. Uh, It's short of two hours. It's an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, It's about a straight A black student who's trying to fit in and survive high school and life in the LA neighborhood with his friends who are only looking for having fun and getting into all kinds of mischief. And it has Shamek Moore in the more in the title role, Tony uh, Rovalori, and many others. It's just a lovely hug of a movie. You will enjoy it. Goofy stuff, fun stuff, very cleverly written. Dope. D-O-P-E. I love that movie. I really like that movie as well. Yeah, yeah. I think we podcasted about it years ago. Yeah, but, yes. yeah really good, stuff. really good pick. Rashmi, what you got? Um, so I've got something on Hulu and it's a documentary and it's called Deep in Vogue. It's from 2019. And it's actually about, you know, the Vogue dancing movement. Mm-hmm. And um, 
its impact on a group of people in Manchester in England. And it kind of looks at, you know, how, how dance can save people and bring people together. But it's also about these um, fashion houses that kind of battle dance with each other. Just really interesting. And, and of course, you know, I love dance and watching good dance and there's some really good dancing in here some very extravagant costumes talks about lgbtq issues um a lot of stuff in here really good so deep in vogue on hulu fantastic my choice um just looking at the netflix releases for may and uh, gosh some good stuff actually we've mm -hmm. got um the austin powers trilogy we've got captain phillips we've got flight with denzel washington but my pick is going to be black hawk down which is the ridley scott movie um which talks about uh, a black hawk that crashed in somalia um it's in many ways a little bit of a monster movie in that um you know somebody has dropped into it's it, it has very much the um the cadence of a movie like aliens it's full-on kind of action of mm -hmm. uh but it is based on a true story and um honestly it's it's one of the movies that um just puts you right there in the moment it's, it's very so claustrophobic it is it's it's it, it, it's a, a number of great movies 71 uh, other movies all kind of followed this template but this movie really did that great job of putting you in putting you behind enemy lines with the protagonist and it's surprisingly um emotional um i'll, I'll just say that which uh I, I guess i wasn't expecting to get from from such a you know an action movie Love Black Hawk Down. So mine's Black Hawk Down on Netflix. Yes, you had? Dope. Deep in Vogue on Hulu. Super. All right. Uh, let's talk about Renfield. So I think I'm talking about Renfield. Is that correct? You are. You are introing. All right. So I'm buying some time while I scroll down to the description on the Rotten Tomatoes page. So um, this movie is... Uh, described as in this modern f monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant Nicholas Holt stars as Renfield the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss Dracula Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding no matter how debased but now after centuries of servitude Renfield is ready to see if there is a life outside the shadow of the Prince of Darkness if only he can figure out how to end his codependency movie is directed by Chris McKay and stars Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, Aquafina, uh, Ben Schwartz, Adrian Martinez, uh, and gosh, many other folks here. So uh, I'm going to shut up because I haven't prepared and I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I will let the two of you tell us all about Renfield. Um, so I am a huge fan of what we do in the shadows. And the first thing I wrote in my notes is I hope this isn't the poor cousin of what we do in the shadows, which is such a superior vampire depiction and funny, 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 you know, storytelling of what vampires do. And my, my overall assessment of this movie is that it's all a bit of a mess. It's a little bit disappointing. And I think had it come before what we do in the shadows, I'd be telling a very different story. Um, it tries to delve into more than just the vampirism. It tries to look at this kind of codependency and um, very symbiotic relationship. There are these two people who need each other, but they don't think they need each other. Um, but it just doesn't deliver on its promise. And I think 
it, it's all much of a muchness. Nicholas, Nicholas Holt is Nicholas Holt. He's the same character he always plays. And Nicholas Cage doesn't quite deliver scariness or funniness or nuanced enough for my liking. So, bit of a mess for me. Yeah, I agree. I think this movie had so much promise. Like you, yeah. I was hoping it would be kind of a really clever, smart, funny, underhanded, subtle, you know, take on, you know, this this person who lands up becoming, you know, Dracula's uh, right-hand man. And through the ages. Through the ages. And I don't know what happened. I think the I was kind of turned off by the movie right of the offset because it's so poorly edited. There's like, there's, you know, you jump like into the first five minutes. So much is thrown at you in terms of how he came to be with Dracula. And I suspect there is a longer version of the movie, but they had, you know, constraints to bring the movie in sooner. I don't know what, but it, it, it just doesn't sit well together. It's just, it looks sloppily thrown together. Um, you know, they all do what they're paid to do. Uh, you know, Nicolas Cage just hams it up and, you know, it's fun to watch him do his stuff. But, you know, have we seen him do this a hundred times before? Yes, we have. Um, I think there are parts of this movie which are kind of fun. I think if you're kind of had a few beers on a Friday night and if you want something totally inane, it's probably okay. But I would not... Otherwise, if you are of clear mind, I wouldn't recommend you necessarily reach out and watch this film. Yeah, Yasti, you just said something that reminded me that the film is efficient. It's running at one hour and 33 minutes, which is fairly short these days. And I think had they taken a little bit more time to either explore that relationship between Dracula and Nicholas Holt a little bit more or the dependency or what Aquaf the Aquafina character is really good in here. So there's kind of like two parallel stories, right? One relationship that needs to be broken and one relationship that needs to be made. And um, it, it, it doesn't spend enough time in either. And so again, you just end up with this big pile of like blancmange. It's kind of like gooey and and without form and just like a hot pink mess. I mean, it's not a bad movie, I think. It's a mediocre movie, which I think in a way is worse because I think, yeah. I wish yeah. it had been a bad movie because then it would have some kind of camp potential. I mean, like there are, if, if, one thing the movie is, is it's deliciously gory. It really goes in for the gore. Um, but, you know, it's a little too late, you know, dollar short. Uh, uh, my recommendation is if you want to see a movie with Nicholas Holt uh, about vampires, about zombies, then forget Renfield and instead uh, rent the movie Warm Bodies. Yes, agree. Which came out uh, five, six years ago. It's so much smarter, so, so much good. cleverer, yeah. so swoony, genuinely romantic, well put together. Watch Warm Bodies instead of Renfield. Or uh, what I, we do in the shadows. If you want a really good... Yeah, smart, clever, smart, funny... clever, subtle, um, you know, nuanced movie about vampires, then watch, then watch What We Do in the Shadows, both the series and the movie, which is a mockumentary. I mean, really, this one gets so John Wick violent at the end, it's ridiculous. It really goes like batshit crazy at the end. And then there's a subplot with like um, a Russian woman who has a son. And it, it, there's just so much thrown in here in one hour and 33 minutes. Just a big awful mess. I mean, I can sum this one up. Um, this just is not worth your time. I mean, I'm going to give this a four out of 10. 
was going to say it's so bad it doesn't end up with one of your puns for the no, description. No, I couldn't. I couldn't even find one. <laughs> uh, five out of ten for me. I think again the actors do 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 do. The actors do do what <laughs> do, they're do. asked to do. Uh, <laughs> the Russian woman, so uh, Shori Agdashlu, who was so great in the House of Sand and Fog with Ben Ben Kingsley a long time ago. She plays the mean, you know, evil mom, and she's so good here, but she's completely wasted. Aquafina does Aquafina stuff, and she almost single-handedly lifts the movie. But yeah. she seems to be in some other movie, and there's a side plot about her and her sister, who's a police constable. So it, it no an FBI agent, and an FBI agent, and so it's you all, don't even remember. I Yasti. don't even remember. Yeah, <laughs> uh, five out of ten. Like all my report cards said, can do better. Way better. <laughs> can do better. Yes. All right. Next movie on our list then is Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. And it really is billed as Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Because there's many other movies called The Covenant. Yeah, but this one's Guy Ritchie's yeah, The Covenant. Yeah, this is Guy Ritchie's so The Covenant. This better be something special. Yes, the-, the late night hosts have been having a, a field day with Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Oh, have they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they're could be they're giving him a lot of grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I think it's, it's because, yeah, there's already five other movies called The Covenant. Um, so Guy Ritchie... You know, he of British origin who has made many a movie, uh, including... Snatch. Snatch and Three Guns and Lock, Lock Stock and, and Two something. Smoking Barrels and Sherlock Holmes and... Yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Clearly yeah. not a guy Richie aficionado there, Ash- no, uh, Yazdi. No, and, and Sherlock Holmes, if we may. Yes. yes. That's, yeah. I love yeah, that rendition. With, you know, with uh, yeah. Jude Law and... Uh, I just said that. You weren't listening. <laughs> did you? I did. You, oh, I, I was not listening, and I, and I and I was Story looking at your life. face. Story of my life. No one yeah. listens to me. What? But, <laughs> <laughs> but here, here is Guy Ritchie again, um, making uh, a movie which is unusual for him in that it's, I believe, set. Uh, based on a true story, which is that during the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter, I presume, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and I say I presume because I have not watched this movie. Uh, so a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. I think actually Jake Gyllenhaal plays the injured sergeant. And um, the interpreter is played by Dar Salim. It's uh, based on a script by Ivan Atkinson, Mon Davis and Guy Ritchie. Uh, and it stars Jake, like we said, Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim in the lead roles. And uh, it has a whole bunch of other actors, none of uh, other than Johnny Lee Miller, who look very familiar to me. But um, I didn't get a chance to watch this movie. And almost in spite of itself, I've heard a lot of people um, come back and tell me, you know what? This movie was a lot better than I expected. I have had, you know, at least uh, two different people at work tell me that. So is this movie much better than the both of you expected? You know what? This movie is much better than it needs to be. Okay, good. <laughs> no, it's, um, I am a huge Guy Ritchie fan, even though in the middle I haven't quite enjoyed like The Gentleman and Aladdin and some of the others, but, but the one they hit, they really hit. This is not your typical Guy Ritchie movie. And the first thing I wrote down was, what, Guy Ritchie's doing serious? This is a full-on narrative serious movie by Guy Ritchie. There are no tricks. There are none of his usual... You know, look over here, Marn and yeah, Hans. There's yeah. none of that trickettiness going on here. This is a great movie. Um, hmm. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal is excellent in this. Dasalim is fantastic in this. Um, it's got one of the best openings I've ever seen. Hmm. It is a great, I don't want to call it a buddy movie because they're not quite buddies, but it's one of those great um, 
how are they going to get out of this situation type movie? And it, it keeps a, a huge amount of tension. It's really well written. It's beautifully directed. There is humor in it because, of course, it's Guy Ritchie. But that's more from the character um, of Jake Gyllenhaal, which is very authentic. So the, the laughs come, but they come because they're authentic laughs, not because they're forced. Um, it's really good. It's not your. It doesn't feel like a traditional three act movie. Like it has obviously has a beginning, middle, and an end. It feels like a story of two halves. Um, but the but the the war scenes and the Taliban and how they've recreated Afghanistan, absolutely phenomenal. It's really good. Reviewed really well. Yeah, here. I mean, it's I, really good. It's a action packed. Sounds right um, up my alley. Given that I just recommended yeah, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, it's complete. Like Joe, I, I I think you will you will love this movie. Um, I think the only criticism I have it runs at like two hours and three minutes. You could have easily have shaved off like twenty minutes. It's a little bit long, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't do disservice to the story. Um, I think it could have done with less of the action. There's maybe a little bit too much action and a lot, a lot of chasing because basically Jake Gyllenhaal ha- wants to go back into Afghanistan and rescue this interpreter who basically saved his life. Um, and it's as the, the war, you know, as where, as the U.S. is pulling out of the U- out of Afghanistan. So it's just very, it's a very recent story. Um, and that that fight to get him out maybe lasts a little bit too long for me. That sounds terrific. Yeah, it's it's very good. I mean, I would easily give this a seven out of ten. That's just shy of an eight. Just shy of an eight. Okay. Just shy of an eight. Is that is that because it's uh, not a Rashmi movie? Like it's it sounds like you. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you admire it, but it's not your flavor. Correct. Correct. Got it. Yeah. But it's very good. I mean, you know, it's I a would very probably w- love it. Then yeah, I, I think can't you'll, wait to see this. Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy. It. Yes, yeah, I don't know if you'd love it as much, but it is. Ve- it's a very much a war story. It's very much that. It's very dusty and dusky yeah, men. and men in beards and you know, it's it's very it's violent. It's got a lot of action, um, and again, I think uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Darcelim are phenomenal. Terrific stuff. Yeah. Uh, two things. One is, uh, I'm going to keep saying this, but I can't wait for Jake Gyllenhaal to get older and he's not straddled with lead roles because he's such a good actor. He's, he's such a he's good actor. He's one of the best of his generation. I believe he is and one of the best. He, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but he gets to shoulder these, you know, where he's the, the heroic main guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when is the ship going to come in? I mean, the last time he got Oscar nominated was for Brokeback Mountain. And I, I can't wait for him to find a movie which has enough traction that, you know, gets him some Oscar love. So I, I want to shout out for Jake Gyllenhaal, always in always team Gyllenhaal. And then the other thing is if uh, Guy Ritchie is listening to our podcast and if he isn't, why not? Shame but on him. Shame on him. But if you're <laughs> listening... My request, and I never ask for sequels, but can you please make a sequel to The Man From Uncle? Yeah, That movie was so good. Yes. It came out a few years ago. Nobody saw it. It's just fine. That's a fine, fine movie, The Man From Uncle. Pronto, make a sequel, please. With yeah. Tad, what's his name? Um, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. And... 
uh, Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander is in it. Elizabeth and who was the other male in it? Army Hammer is in it. Army Hammer, which so maybe yeah, that's maybe why. Went, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, remember, <laughs> we saw Jake Gyllenhaal get Os- Oscar love in Nightcrawler. Yes. But that was the last time that he was ever the last received. Time, yeah. And he know. should have received that award for Nightcrawler. Yeah, he should have. I mean, and he was so. He's been so good, and he was so good in Source Code. He was so good and strong. Everything, yeah. everything he's done, I think. Yeah. All right. Movie number three then is Chevalier. Okay. So this is based on the true story of composer Joseph Bolognier, um, Chevalier de Saint Georges, the illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner who rises to heights in French society as a composer before an ill fated love affair. Uh, this is directed by Stephen Williams and it's written by Stefani Robinson. And it stars one of our favorites. Um, Calvin Harrison Jr. Calvin Harrison Jr. Thank you, Yazdi. Um, Mini Driver is there too? Yes. Mini Driver, Sarah, Samara Weaving is here, Lucy Boynton, um, Martin Sokas, um, lots of others. But um, Kevin Harrison Jr., you've heard us speak about on this podcast um, a few times, and this is his leading role. He's actually leading this movie. So, Joe, what did you think of Chevalier being the classical music lover amongst us? I wouldn't. I go did not th- know that. Yes. Well, I I wouldn't go that far, but um, yeah, my mother's Eastern European. I grew up with classical music. I play oh, wonderful, a lot cultured of classical music from time to time. Apple, by the way, Apple has yes. just come out with. A, if you subscribe to Apple Music, they have now come up with an app that tells you that's perfectly organized for classical music. Because classical music, trying to find it in any online streaming service, it's kind of a pain in the ass. The classical music app is beautifully organized. It's got lots of information there about the composers, and it's, it's just, it's really nicely done. All right, enough about Apple Music Classical. Um, Chevalier. We are not sponsored by Apple Music. Yet. Come on, we should Tim be. Cook, send Damn us a it. few bucks. Yes. A free iPod. Um, iPods, they don't exist anymore. So, Chevalier. I need a new um, computer. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> um, here's what I'll say Never has a title card at the end of a movie been so important to my overall impression of the movie as as this movie because it instantly instantly uh, elevated this movie to something um, more than I felt I was uh, watching and it did because the story is so remarkable that for a lot of its running time it felt um, I mean I haven't watched Bridgerton but it felt very much like one of these modern interpretations of a classical you know, kind of race-blind casting, yada, yada, yada. This is based on a true story of a, of a real person that existed in France um, uh, as, a, as a black man within the, you know, who, who got promoted into the aristocracy. He was an illegitimate, illegitimate son of a, uh, a French uh, noble person, nobleman. And um, he integrated and then became um, a, a, a known entity within, within French high society. Uh, incredibly talented in in violin and 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 all sorts of things. It felt almost unbelievable, and it's shot in a way which is almost too light and frothy. Right, the accents aren't you know it's it they they don't go to a lot of effort to you know put you in France with French people in French culture in my way the, you know everyone has you know their own accent be it english american whatever so it doesn't have that kind of real sense of of, of uh, 18th century france but it's a great story it's very compelling and um 
I, I really enjoyed the heck out of the movie. I think it, it you know, it, it avoided a couple of, you know, um, TV soap moments where I thought it was like, okay, here we go. Uh, everyone's a little too, uh, yeah. I'll, so again, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, Rashmi or Yazdi? Yazdi. Um, you know, people complain all the time that there are no good movies, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all junk. And I tell them, you just have to look for them. This, you need to look for Chevalier. Uh, it's an utter shame that a movie based on an original story with, you know, original actors, with, you know, I came out of this movie and said, why didn't anybody teach me about this? Why, why am I finding out about this incredible story, you know, by virtue of a movie? So, if you're looking for a great film, here it is, Chevalier, you need to go watch it. I think my single biggest complaint like yours, Joe, and I don't hold it against them, is that the movie definitely has taken some liberties in terms of the telling. It it, it, it looks a little too polished. Everything does seem a little bit frothy. The camera loves everybody's faces. The camera gets really close to everybody's face. Um, but that's fine if that's what brings the bums into the seats for people to watch and more easily embrace this instead of being a snooze fest um it's very very well directed it's very crisp it's gorgeously acted i think it's it's a bit of a gift i think to the lead actor who we've liked for a long time again he's going to break through one of these days uh, kelvin harrison jr um and, you know, it ends with, I'm not giving anything away, it ends with, I'm, again, I think they've taken some liberties there, but I had a gulp in my throat. I, I kind of almost nearly teared up uh, when I read, like you, how this particular story proceeded. So, um, this too is what cinema can be. It can educate us while entertaining us. And people go out and watch Chevalier, little movies you know, which are not sequels based on true life stories need your support. So I think I'm the outlier this week. Uh -oh. um, <clears throat> no, uh -oh. and I didn't hate it. So I'm going to start by saying I didn't hate it. But Joe, you said something very interesting. Um, if you go out to create a movie in France, I think you need to do a little bit more work around the language or the accents. Because Mozart, I brought down, for, why is Mozart a cockney? They depict this German fellow, the the most one of the most amazing composers of his time, as a Cockney fellow, and it starts off for me. The movie started off with so much promise. I was stunned with that opening scene. I love that the double entendres were so like naughty and delicious. I just loved them, but then it got really cringy for me, and I felt like it absolutely became like a hallmark movie of the week in that middle section when there's this big romance blooming, and it was all very Mills and Boons. Um, it, it lacked real depth, and it lacked real romance, so it's either... And, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I think this is a really important story to tell because, you know, they burnt all of his music and, you know, we're only hearing now that he was an important composer. So tell that story. Don't, don't force in, don't like shove in this kind of romance um, that doesn't quite work, I think. Um, so I found that a little bit, that middle bit very cringy and um, overacted. Um, it just, it just felt tonally inconsistent. I think it comes together at the end and I think it is a crowd pleaser. I think it's an important story, but that middle bit really fell flat for me. 
I, I think all of those criticisms are valid. And I think as I was going through the movie, um, it almost felt like a superhero version of uh, an old story. And it felt so highly improbable for the reasons you state. I mean, everyone is gorgeous in this movie. I mean, they just are. Um, and, you know, six pack abs and all those kind of little trimmings. But honestly, I think a lot of the lack of polish here is budget right like these are not the most expensive a-lister actors in hollywood so rather than have them do accents that maybe they couldn't carry consistently or maybe they couldn't get a whole cast that could they're just letting them talk in their normal voice you know because this movie except think, calvin harris jr is not english and he was trying to do an english accent so again i think either commit to everyone using their own accents or not because a lot of the american actors were trying to do english ac- british accents so it becomes yeah, very that, unrealistic. those kind of choices are very hard right yeah. so he clearly wants to sound like a noble person right and therefore an english accent he's what he goes for even though this is set in france these kind of things are really difficult choices and i think they come from like i said uh, a, a place where then they just don't have you know they they want to hire you know a thespian cast and they just don't have the budget for that and, yeah and maybe the movie's too hard to sell you know you fill it full of beautiful people and you know suddenly the production dollars loosen up right so um but I think the storytelling is is good. I mean, I understand what you say about the romance, Rashmi, but it. I think that's the true. The fact that it's a true story, um, and that's what I'm saying. That that I wished, in some ways, I had known um, the verite of it going in mm-hmm. because I didn't. And for a time, I really thought it was like a a fever dream of a. What if we had a black nobleman in? 18th century France. Right. How would Something this, revisionist. How yeah. Would, yeah, exactly. How would this play out? And I, 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 I didn't quite believe it all the way through. My jaw literally dropped at the end when I was like, oh, this happened. And then, I, and then like, all night, laptop open, Wikipedia. Why have I never heard of this guy? I went straight into the classical music app I just talked about and I found well, you his found music. His, oh. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's, it's incredible that there's this musician who was so talented that no one's ever heard of because his work was destroyed and buried i mean it's yeah i, I love that and, and let me just let me just correct something i said i it's not that i didn't believe the romance the way the romance was portrayed was very very mills and boons it, it was it was just very cringy I, I don't know how else to put it it bridgerton is a great example right bridgerton is kind of like female porn on Netflix, I would say, um, with some story thrown in. Um, this this should have been better because the beginning was had such promise. Yeah. The beginning was so good that the very end was really good. It was just let down by this deflated <coughs> balloon in the middle. I think it's the treatment of the material. That's, so, that's, thank so, you, Yazdi. That's the articulate way to put so it. So I think it's, it's how it's treated. And I think somebody has made the decision that they want to make a glossy glittery version of probably what transpired so you know it's definitely trying to be a crowd pleaser at every step of the way it's really playing to the galleys constantly it's not very subtle it's directed in cliches you know all of those things but I, I mean, I, I knew, I didn't know much about him, but I knew it was based on a true story. So I took that all, you know, with, with a grain, with a grain of salt. Um, 
but you know there's there's a part in between which is a montage when the two of them fall in love i mean so he essentially falls in yeah. love with the wife of this you know crazy general who if he, if he's found out you know he's going to kill him so it does play like a forbidden love affair you know kind of outlanderish you know of a particular time so so that i think may ultimately land up doing a disservice to the actual story which is that this person by virtue of his skin color at one point by historians now consider it to be maybe as as gifted as you know mozart well mm -hmm. and, know? and the film will tell you that he was more gifted right that Correct. he actually ousted mozart as the chevalier the potential right. chevalier and became marie antoinette's chevalier and i so I, the fact that nobody knows about it and that you know they kind of if, if this was treated differently i think it i think it could have still been kind of sexy and cheesy without quite committing overdoing it but yeah. again i forgive that there is the whole part in the movie which is again i don't know how much is truth i want to go back and find out how much is truth and how much was you know made up for the purpose of this movie but you know he gets adopted very early by marie antoinette and then his falling out from marie antoinette later on is very fascinating to me that he you know he he had this great privilege he had you know the queen of france essentially take take him under her wing and you know what led to him kind of falling out of her graces all of that is very very fascinating stuff but again at the end of the day i think if only for education purposes you know this needs to be shown in schools maybe by Deleting a few I was gonna sexy say. time scenes. Yeah. <laughs> a few fruity things. A few fruity things. Maybe a large yeah. pair of scissors in the editing room. But I agree. The story needs to be told. I think it's, it's a great, great um, revelation to me that this happened at all. Yeah. I can I can sum up and score. Yeah. Go ahead. Wait. This one didn't quite crescendo for me. Whoa. Six out of ten. I'm going to give it a seven out of ten because at the end of the day, the movie ends on this note of defiance and, you know, protest, which kind of appeals to me, especially in the current environment. Again, I don't know if it's true. It, it put a lump in my throat and finding out, you know, that so much of this genius's work was burnt made me really angry. So I forgave it for all of its, you know, previous, uh, you know, playing to the galleys, if you will. I still think it's, it's a great story that people need to know about. Seven out of 10. And I so want to give it an eight. So by the way, you? yeah, I'll give it an eight out of 10 because more people need to go watch it. Uh, and by the way, Kelvin Harrison Jr., you know, with, you know, his, his accent notwithstanding, <laughs> he's, he's a very, very appealing lead. And uh, again, I can't wait for him to break through. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a seven, but for me, it's going to be a good seven, right? It's just like the, like the top of my sevens. Um, <laughs> Because I, I think the movie, it, it, it tells its story very well um, and it's entertaining. I never felt, you know, anything other than entertained. I think the performances were believable. Uh, even at times when I felt the story was not believable. And that's, that's why I say, you know, the title card really changed my entire perception of the movie from, mm. it just elevated it for me. So, um, yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, Chevalier. And we should say it's all about the story of Joseph Bologna, who we should, or whose name we should remember, because history has swept it aside. Mm -hmm. All right, um, that's our last movie. Yep. Yes, oh, we, be we were done. just getting warmed up. No, we're going to do another one now. Well, I know that, but our listeners are going to have to wait a couple of days. That's okay. All right, they can Rashby absorb. Doesn't care, just for the record. <laughs> 
until our next podcast, which will come so out very true. soon, because I'll probably put, publish them both at once, so that Rashmi's world words aren't too cruel for everyone. <laughs> too many movies, too little time. A goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. Bye.